When you think of great duos, who do you think of? Jordan and Pippen or LeBron and Dwayne Wade. I mean, I talk about basketball a lot here on this podcast, but for the Barcelona version, there's PK and Puyol or PK and Mascherano or the easy example of Xavi and Iniesta. And as you can hear from my voice, the perfect teammates aren't just professional athletes. It's cold season. I guess the flu and cold medicine, perfect teammates as well. But in this case, when it comes to growing your business, that's you and Shopify. Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. To be honest, I've been doing this show long enough. And as I mentioned, it's cold and flu season. You hear it in my voice, especially during the holiday season. So whenever it comes to this business, anything that I can set up and kind of have working in the background that I know and can trust is just plugging along without my attention. Those are the things that I really value at this point. So when my brain is foggy, all I can do is manage to turn on the microphone, talk to the guest, or just talk to myself and get out a piece of content. Everything else, having that all automated or working in the background, that's been important to keeping me sane. And that's the thing about something like Shopify. What I do love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. So no matter how big or small, how good of a month or how bad of a month, things are just the same working in the background. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is a global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs on every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tbpod, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash tbpod now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash tbpod. Welcome to the Barcelona Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Ben Hilton, and you noticed I didn't say the show number. That's because it's a big one. Too big, really. It's 500. And to help me celebrate show 500, plus a 4-3 win over Villarreal on Sunday, I had to bring on the OG, the godfather of Barcelona.com, <laughs> the answer to my listener question, your favorite brother of a player who played with Andres and Yesta when they were kids, and the best dad to two wonderful little ladies that are getting way too big each time that we talk to each other. It's Frances Tomas. Hola, hola, Gules. Pleasure to be back. It's a lovely introduction. I don't know if it's fully deserved. Obviously, been away from the podcast for a while. I've been not necessarily the one speaking, but certainly the one listening. And uh, Dan, thank you so much for taking it on and making the podcast something even better than when we were together. It's a pleasure to be a listener, and it's a pleasure to be back. And what is this show? What, what was it made for? What it's all about? Before you hear from us in 2023, one of the things to help celebrate show 500, I thought it'd be cool to start this show by going all the way back, all the way back, six years and three months ago to be exact, to a show with the description, Ernesto Valverde, now in the running to replace Luis Enrique. Barca yeah. still fighting for their chance to win the Liga and a countdown of the worst Barca signings of the century and see how much things have changed. So while Frances can't react because you can't hear it at the moment, we'll, get, we'll worry about that all in post. Here's this for everybody else. 
Welcome, welcome to the first installment of the Barca Blog Podcast. We thank you for joining us wherever you may be. I'm Dan Hilton, and I'm joined by none other than Frances Tomas. Frances, how are you doing today? I'm very, very excited. Um, we've been waiting for this moment for many years, and um, I'm delighted that the opportunity to share um, our love for Barca is here right now. Really excited. Now, of course, this is a weekly show that we're you and I are trying to put together, and it is all about FC Barcelona, both of our favorite teams. Um, however, it may be largely focused on the senior team, but do not be surprised, of course, if we do talk about the women of Barcelona, who are a fantastic team in their own right, and of course the youth academy, which is so part, so much a part of what Barcelona tries to instill and what the club's motto may be. Definitely, definitely. Um, Barca is Mexico club. It's not just the first team. It's a community. It's a feeling. For most of us, it's a religion as well. So yeah, very excited to be here and um, to be sharing our love. All right, enough of that. So as far as what the mission of the show was then, I'd say it really hasn't changed all that much. The Femini aren't just good. Like I said, they were going to be. They're quite great. The Academy is still a huge part of the club. So really, FC Barcelona, even six years later, is still FC Barcelona. And I was also looking, Frances, there were some hilarious titles right at the beginning that weren't meant to be funny back then. But just in our first few episodes, episode five, why Hector Bellerin is the perfect fit for Barcelona. Yeah. Should Barcelona sell Rafinha? That's the original one with the F in the name. Three different shows about Marco Verratti links to FC Barcelona. Yeah. Episode 15, could Neymar leave Barcelona? Episode 19, should Barcelona sign Coutinho? Episode 25, will the hashtag Bartomeu out campaign make any difference? Oh, you poor, poor, naive Kool-Aid and Dan and Frances. The darkness that you're yet to see. Well, of course. But um, at the time, those were relevant titles because that's what um, everyone was talking about. And that's what people needed to hear. I think that the beauty behind the podcast and obviously the Barca blog that started well before the podcast as well is that we're always trying to be current and express an opinion. Um, obviously, these days, everyone seems to be horrified by people speaking their minds up. But it is what it is. The podcast has always been from within, has always been from the heart. And we've always been honest for ourselves, uh, with ourselves. And uh, if Rafinha was the topic, the original Rafinha, as you said, was the topic, then that's what we discussed. Yep. And that's always how it's been today. If you go through the last six years, I don't know how many times I've said, is this is this now the moment for Usmane Dembele? How many times in pictures <laughs> have I said that? But today, today again, to kind of bring it full circle, today we are tasked with talking about Barcelona's 4-3 win over Villarreal. Mm -hmm. And we're going to start with Lamini Mall, which is pretty nuts because he was nine years old when we started this podcast. Now, he did join the club in 2014 at the age of seven. So he was already at the club and available in pictures. But back then, it's impossible to guess which nine-year-old you're going to be talking about down the road, even six years down the road. So let's start as we did at the very beginning of the show with hard-hitting questions. And I'll throw you the first hard-hitting question of the day. And that's, okay. is Yamal at this point of what you've seen, become the regular starter? And when I say regular starter, I mean, will he start more games this season than Rafinha? I don't think he's going to start more games just yet because I hope that Xavi is wise and can administer his progression. Now, um, having been, I was obviously from Barcelona originally, like most people would know, I've seen lots of youngsters come and go. The one that really springs to mind is Bojan, Bojan Kerkic, all of those years ago. 
he burnt out too quickly because uh, he wasn't administered, I would say, the right way. Um, he was pretty much a starter from the beginning. And if not a starter, he was playing a good 30 to 40 minutes in every single game to the point that the fan base it started expecting more than from someone who was at the time, I can't remember, but around 17, 18 years old. I think that being able to bring those talents into the team on a gradual basis is much better than just throwing them in the deep end. We saw it with Pedri, we saw it with Gavi. I think if you go about it the right way and you trust them, you empower them, you make sure that they don't have the weight of expectations around them, then that helps. Um, I would say that the timing from Lamine is better now because there are players that are in the squad that have got that veteranos, that um, all the player tag attached to them. Obviously, Gundogan, Lewandowski, you could even say Frankie de Jong is in that category. So I think that is a good fit to, to just bring him in. But I would say Rafinha, to me, should start more games because he's the one that was signed for a vast, vast amount of money to be the starter. And then having Lamine as a, not as a side dish, but as, a, as an accompaniment to that. The same way that Julie and Messi did it in the first, say, seven, eight months of Messi um, exploding into the first team. Yeah, well, I will say, I think it's very helpful and instructive to him to not, not say avoid comparisons, but I, I think before this, we'll say current generation, every attacker, everybody was compared to Messi. I mean, even again, the weight yeah. of, a Boyan who was playing next to Messi, who had just set the records for the youngest to blah, 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 blah. And then Boyan beat those records or some of those records. And now he became the youngest to blah, 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 blah. And they were playing together. But I think when we talk about generations, clearly there is a boom of a generation right now from the academy. And I think that's almost protective to him, where it's like Lamine Mall, as special as he is, because he is now the one between Ansu and Gabi and ball day to hold the record for youngest to blah youngest now to mm -hmm. assist after the the gabi header that first goal becomes the youngest ever to assist a goal in the liga for barcelona in their history so almost 100 years 93 years and you start to garner hyperbole with these players but again because the mini mall is now playing in a team with pedri with gabi i know pedri didn't come to the academy but you get the point with pedri yep. with gabi with ball day and on the bench, too, is Pau Kubarsi, who, you know, as excited as you were at Lamini Mall, the very next week, you've got to be Googling this other 16-year-old kid who just turned 16 and signed his first professional contract. And, you know, he's supposed to be the center back of the future. And, that, and believe it or not, I mean, having a generation, I think, is a lot safer for all of these kids, by and large, than to, to be the kid, to be the kid with all the expectations. And I think you are seeing a difference. Like when, she, when Ansu Fati came up, while we were still hosting the show at 16, started scoring goals, really it became Ansu is the future, right? And then as more and more youngsters are kind of stackpiled on top of each other, it, it becomes, I say, okay for one of them to not work out. But again, the expectations are not on one of their shoulders. And I think for Lamini Mall, having all of these other super young talents, but again, even his contemporaries who were 16 with him on the bench, having Gabi that not much older, mm -hmm. I think it will make that transition a little bit easier for him which is certainly a positive sign. Yeah, and um, you mentioned Ansu. I, I do think that if it wasn't for the injuries, Ansu would be a regular starter. He would probably be in the top five goal scorers in the whole of La Liga without a shadow of a doubt. Um, and that's that's the point that I was trying to make earlier. You know, you want to... They're playing against men. 
they're playing against Albiol and players like that, that have got a lot of experience, not just kilometers in the boots, but also the know-how. And I think that if you get them exposed too quickly, too early, uh, without their bodies being fully developed, that can eventually have a, have a detrimental effect on their health and obviously the amount of years that they're going to serve our club. When you think of great duos, who do you think of? Jordan and Pippen or LeBron and Dwayne Wade. I mean, I talk about basketball a lot here on this podcast, but for the Barcelona version, there's Piquet and Puyol or Piquet and Mascherano or the easy example of Xavi and Iniesta. And as you can hear from my voice, the perfect teammates aren't just professional athletes. It's cold season. I guess the flu and cold medicine, perfect teammates as well. But in this case, when it comes to growing your business, that's you and Shopify. Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. To be honest, I've been doing this show long enough. And as I mentioned, it's cold and flu season. You hear it in my voice, especially during the holiday season. So whenever it comes to this business, anything that I can set up and kind of have working in the background that I know and can trust is just plugging along without my attention. Those are the things that I really value at this point. So when my brain is foggy, all I can do is manage to turn on the microphone, talk to the guest, or just talk to myself and get out a piece of content. Everything else, having that all automated or working in the background, that's been important to keeping me sane. And that's the thing about something like Shopify. What I do love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. So no matter how big or small, how good of a month or how bad of a month, things are just the same working in the background. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is a global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs on every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tbpod, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash tbpod now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash tbpod. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oh, to that point, Abiol came up to the first division four years before Lamine was born. I, I just like yeah. that's that's hard to comprehend. 
to kind of focus on what he did against Villarreal, what I loved, I think I want to shout out on, on X, I hate saying that after 500 shows, but on X, I think it was Captain Guardiola who pointed out that the comparison with Limini Mall, instead of being hyperbolic and trying to name Messi or whatever, he finds comparisons to Raid Mares, which is, I, I think, actually really fair for Limini Mall at this age and not, let's say, a burden of expectation. I think what he's doing is already that special. And just going through some of the things he did in the game, Limini Mall, and why he was named man of the match. So off the corner kick, the header into Gabi for the first goal, it was a really nice feed in. And it's just a good cross. It got enough lift on it. It had nice spin that allowed Gabi to head it back across goal. Said becomes the youngest ever to record assists in Liga. And I think usually a lot of players that I look at, the young, young players in particular, and why, for example, Pablo Torre last year, how a lot of fans were like, why isn't he playing? Why isn't he playing? And I kept saying that while with the ball, you see the things that are really important, his rest defense, he just seemed to be slow to the, the boring things and the boring, the boring permutations of timing on the press and not even effort while defending, but being in the right spots to defend the right way. And I think Lamini Mall is already showcasing that he has a good enough understanding of those things that all of his offensive abilities and what he does with the ball are already ready to go in the first division. So if he's good enough at the other things, you can play him in the first division and not worry that you're completely sidetracking his development. Because as we saw yesterday, his first touch, and to me, what is most importantly, like Pedri, his first choice, as in what is the first thing he does when he touches that ball, his first touch and his first choice are elite skills. And I don't say that lightly. Those are elite skills. Jump ahead to the 3-2 Villarreal goal. Lamini Mall, by the way, mistake-wise, Lamini Mall thought they were pressing and Xavi was not on the touchline. So he didn't find Pajatha behind him. Romeo wasn't in position yet. You could see him trailing, but that left Roberto with a 2v1 situation. So obviously, once he fell for Benea's move, it was always going to be in the back of the net once that all happened. And to me, a team under Xavi that continues to not be on the same page, and this one is certainly to do, this one at least had something to do with a new signing, a 16-year-old and a player who plays every few weeks, combining together to not press at the right time. Again, Xavi wasn't on the sideline to fix that on the fly. So it leads to a goal. But again, I'm not too worried about that because Lumini Mall responds. The 4-3 for Barcelona. I know I'm skipping around with goals, but it's all about Lumini Mall at the moment. He creates that goal, hits the post again, and it falls right to Lewandowski for the easy finish. And he gets applauded coming off the field by Villarreal fans in the 76th minute. Spanish national team call-up all coming in the week. And I think, again, the good news is, Frances, you're just getting slapped in the face over and over again real quickly with this Lumini Mall stuff. But as you said, Hopefully, as not to say the buzz dies down, but hopefully, as see what he is, everybody gets excited. Everyone can kind of very much like they did with Pedri, just say, "Great, this player is going to be Barcelona's player for a while. Let's just enjoy the ride." Exactly, and uh, I think that people need to, in the way, tamper their expectations because you got a player that at sixteen, seventeen, even eighteen, like eighteen years old, is still really, really young, right? A player that can perform on a regular basis in one of the most, if not the most important team in the world, that comes with a risk. And the risk is that they're not the finished product just yet. So they will lose cover. They will not understand the whole game the whole time. They may get distracted. And when you get that extra speed of energy, passion, burst, uh, even skill, develop at that raw level, then that's the caveat you've got to go one, either one way or another. Um, I think that the greatness of Barca today is that we're talking about a team in which, as you've already mentioned, you've got lots of blood 
and uh, Blaugrana DNA, whatever that means, <laughs> it's been debated for 20 years, coming through the ranks. Um, if you rewind three, four years, we had Jordi Alba, Busquets, even Messi himself sort of aging, and we were sitting right here, not in episode 500, but well before it, and we were debating that Sergi Roberto was going to be the last one carrying the button, and there was nothing behind. And you follow the um, the scholar really, really, really um, deeply and, and with lots of care. You knew there was two generations there that would be lost: the Carla Salagna and all of that generation. Even the Cucurella is probably the one that sort of flew away. But that generation didn't have the level to be at the level of standard that was necessary, and at the same time, weren't given the confidence and the managers weren't risky enough to put them to play. Then when Kuman came, he just played the youngsters. He had my friend Ricky Puch in there, but then Pedri started coming through and then eventually it was Gavi. Then when Chave came on, he said, you know what, let's go back to basics and let's get the youngsters to drive this team. And fast forward to today, that's what we're seeing. But I do like the element of freshness that the youngsters add but I'm totally against this expectation that they have to be the finished product and they cannot make a mistake. You can't, you can't have your cake and eat it. There's got to be a, a bit of balance on that. Yeah, there's yeah. So, many, so many what ifs. I mean, you mentioned generations that, that Albert Ruiz, Juan Miranda generation, who were mm -hmm. all, Sergio Gomez as well, who left for Dortmund Young, those yeah. players were all regular U17, U18, U20, U21. championships as well. Yeah, with Spain. And and they were yeah. supposed to be the next generation, but Alba Ruiz didn't really score much, didn't acclimate to Barca B. Juan Miranda, the same way, couldn't make the jump over the first team. There was too much competition. And now we're seeing the levels they are. They're not the level of FC Barcelona, but Juan Miranda regularly plays for Real Betis, which is, again, yeah. not a bad career in any way. Like They're very much even like uh, Gerard Delefeu, who's just a little bit older than them. And that was another mm -hmm. example of a player who is amazing, obviously, in the academy. And as I kind of say, I mean, when we first saw Gabi come up two years ago, that even at 16, there are just there are those special players. And it, it is just this odd thing where, again, I've been talking about Balde since he was 14. I've been talking mm -hmm. about Gabi since he was 15. And there is something special about certain players, right? And those two are just special. Lamine Mall's been, I've been hearing about this kid since he was 12. And I'm like, he's 12. I don't care about a 12-year-old, right? And so I'm like, let me talk to in three, four years. And then last year he was 15. And really the rumblings and you saw the stuff and you're like, wait a second, 16, yeah. you can sign a professional contract. So 16 is what is young enough. Like that is what you can be and you can jump, make the jump up. Now you mentioned Roberto here. Let's transition a little yeah. bit to talk about some of the old okay. folks because the second I, I, I obviously people knew I was away for the weekend doing some other work with another job I do. And so I didn't watch the game live. All I had heard and all I knew was that Roberto and Alonso got totally ripped apart by Villarreal Villarreal scored three goals. Barca fought back and they scored four, but who cares because they, they, they conceded three because they have no backline depth and Roberto Alonso. Oh, gosh. Game. That's, That's not the game you watched. So I'm watching that game. Exactly. Wait. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm watching that game. The 2 1 for Villarreal, the header from, from, from Boyd. So the first goal. Alonso and Roberto were out jumped and outmaneuvered to the spot. Yes, that's what happened on the corner. Mm -hmm. Then the 2 2 which really Sergio Roberto got ripped apart for this one. But to me, there were multiple defensive breakdowns. Gunawan giving it away from the pass from Christensen. That had Christensen out of position on the initial counter. So once they got back, that means Barcelona, Roberto, they weren't back in enough time for him to rotate to the right. Kunde had not rotated back to the middle. 
Gabi kept everybody on sides. And to me, it's a team breakdown. And very much like in the times in that match, when Barcelona did not have control of the match, it wasn't me saying Alonso, Roberto, or Romeo and blaming individuals. To me, I looked at that back line on Sunday and said, there is no Ronald Araujo here. Barcelona mm-hmm. is sorely dependent on Ronald Araujo when you have teams of quality like Villarreal, who, again, just with technical ability, can hurt you on the counter. They're not even built to play on the counter like Gaddafi or Cuddy. But Villarreal is good enough with the ball that if you give them space, just like Barcelona, Real Betis, these, these teams that have confidence to play with the ball. Atletico Madrid this year, the same way. They're, they have good enough players that if you give them space, they will hurt you. So to me, it was not about Roberto making a mistake or Alonso making a mistake. It was that there was no Balde and no Araujo. And I say, if you're missing those two players on that back line, the drop-off, as we said, is real. And it's not even an indictment of those players. It's in totality. Because again, I think the initial mistake was even made by Christensen, who's out of position on the pass that had too much mustard on it for Gunawan to to recover. And then in the middle, as I said as well, you saw the reliance that this team has and the importance of of, of Gunawan this season that was on full display without Pedri. But again, Mm -hmm. when Barcelona didn't have control, you knew Pedri was missing. And who do you take out from him? Is it Romeo? Is it Gunawan? Is it De Jong, who I thought was really good in the game? He's the one that creates the second goal for Barcelona. Beautiful goal. Or or you take out Gabi. One of those four has to be dropped to the bench for Pedri. But to me, again, in that midfield, you were missing Pedri for his ball retention and for his ability to handle a a press that Villarreal had. And so I say... It's not about players being bad. It's more that the absence of Barcelona's, I mean, again, some of their elite, elite players and starters does matter. Of course. And that happens in every single squad. And that's happened since I started watching football nearly 40 years ago. It is obvious that every team is going to miss their star players. You can talk about Madrid missing Benzema last year. You just take the best two players out of every team. And that's what you get. I mean, we still have Ter Stegen playing. That's a positive. But Ter Stegen... Araujo, Pedri, Lewandowski, they're the four in the spine of the team. And when any one of those is missing, you can really replace them. Certainly not like for like, but, but even close. I think that um, Araujo, as you've mentioned, is the one that organizes the defense. But if you've ever played football, which I'm sure most of our listeners or a good portion of our listeners have done before, you know full well that it's all like an accordion. Everything has to move in a sort of organized way. You need to transition to one side. You need to keep your um, your spaces. You need to have your distance. You need to cover your back. Of course, if you're, I was a left back and a right back uh, throughout my whole footballing career. I was nothing special, certainly nothing like my brothers, but I did try my best. You're always exposed as a fullback. It doesn't matter what side you play on. You're always exposed because you're always against arguably the best dribbler of the opposing team and you're playing against the, 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 the attacker that has the mission of going past you. If they go past you, then clearly you have to make sure that they go on the outside, not the inside, because if they cross towards the goal, they're going to have a clear chance on, on goal. So you always give them the outside. Now, if someone is faster than you, is running with the advantage on, of direction, it is really likely that they will go past you. I mean, no disrespect, but Sergio Roberto, we know for a fact he's not a defender. <laughs> We've been saying this for the last eight years, but for circumstances, <clears throat> money, um, we haven't got a replacement. People coming through the academy tend to go into other positions for whatever reason that is. And uh, there's nothing on the current footballing market that Barca can afford that's going to be a better alternative than Sergio, than Sergio Roberto playing on that position. 
obviously you got Jules Kunze as well that could play there, but um, we all know that over the summer he was really clear that he would much rather not play there. So back to the positioning. You give your attacker the way out, but if they go on the inside, that needs to be someone coming through. Araujo is the engine that keeps the defense going. He's the one that makes everyone else look good. He knows it, you know it, everyone knows it. And in his absence, they, as you said, there's a drop-off with um, Christensen, Eric Garcia, whoever else may play in that position, and that's what happens. So did um, Sergio Roberto and even Marcos Alonso, did they have the best game of their lives? Clearly not. But at the same time, football is a team effort, and that comes on organization, skill, and then further, if you want to dig deeper, that's Xavi's preparation for the game, and then the squad composition that comes all the way from the top, Laporta and his friends. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean even Alonso, I have, I've written in my notes here, Foyth getting in behind him in the 54th minute was the only real time when I went, that's bad. Like, that was bad positioning, mm-hmm. individual errors, like, Alonso needs to be better there. You cannot let yeah. Foyth, to that point, yeah. is as fast as you, that is a, that's a 50-50. You cannot yeah. let Foyth get in behind you like that. But then, the very next play, within the minute, he gets all the way up the field with some really good combinations and he lays off a Lamine Mall who just gets denied by the post. So you go from being a scapegoat and being skinned alive, then because Villarreal does not score in that subsequent goal, uh, corner kick, rather, he could have then gotten assist for the very first goal. And I mean, if, depending how important Lamine Mall becomes in our history, you might see an assist from Marcus Alonso if Lamine Mall had scored that thousands of times in the future, <laughs> you know, depending on the highlight. And to that point about Alonso, I mean, again, that's what it is. It's like, would I sell him? Yeah, I'd love. I'd, I'd sell him tomorrow. And and if Barcelona had the opportunity, which they looks like they are, to bring in Jao Cancelo, if you trust him to be the starting right back and the backup left back, and that's what you've added to your depth, then yeah, I would say, Marcus Alonso, I would love to be able to upgrade you and replace you at the moment. But you're right. The squad is a squad. The way it's constructed, because of all the problems, we cannot forget. Hashtag yeah, Bartolomeu yeah. out, you know, a little bit too late, right? <laughs> Yeah, can I just say as well on that point? I don't want to live in a world in which we have to get a low knee from Manchester City, Chelsea, Man United, whatever. We have to get a low knee for just a year and we don't have any way of buying them at the end of that season. That to me is ridiculous. Uh, I know that there's a lot of factors that have contributed to this, but that's not forward thinking. That is not the club that I grew up in terms of the power that we used to have. I know obviously there's lots of factors that contribute to it and we could have another 7,000 episodes on that. But the situation is, I know you've spoken about it, the situation is really poor that we have to be scrambling around. Like, was it Fresneda from Valladolid that has been rumored all, se- all, all summer? And yeah. we've been outpriced by Valladolid in the sense that we are not able to offer enough for these things to happen. And then we're trying to get a low knee from Valladolid. Like, what, what's happened? I know what's happened, but... Yeah, of course. I mean, Why are we I, here? Why are we yeah, here? So you're too financially away from, from, exactly. from being... And it's true. Like, even the Xiao Cancelo stuff this week that, that's going to likely be wrapped up. And again, I did that show. We I, I was pretty confident last week. And so that's why I did the show with, with Amos when we went over him. Mm-hmm. Um, but to your point, yes, that... Actually, Fabrizio Romano, breaking news. He's, he's got the, here we go right now. There we go. So anyway, in yeah. uh, the point of Cancelo, option and obligation to buy are different. So for Cancelo, an obligation to buy didn't feel comfortable because 
very much like if it completely goes sour the way it had at Man City and Bayern Munich, you don't mm-hmm. want to be obligated to spend $40 million on a player that didn't work out. But you're, to that point, you can't negotiate with Man City and you can't agree to not paying all of his wages, which might be the case because, again, Barcelona doesn't want to fit him in that wage bill completely. So if Man City is going to pay any portion of his wages, again, it's going to be an obligation to buy and not just an option. An option is going to work out perfectly for you. And again, it's the same thing with, I made the argument many times about Fresneda. Going to Sporting CP is interesting to me because that means that we heard, it wasn't just Barcelona. It was Man City. It was Arsenal. It was Chelsea. It was West Ham. All of these clubs will say in both the Premier League and the Liga, Real Madrid, were all sniffing him out. And every major club, even again, Chelsea, they don't think twice about 9 million plus three in add-ons. Like that's not, they don't care. That that doesn't matter. So for him to go to Sporting CP for nine mil plus three plus uh, plus three, I think that does mean that his agent knows and he, the player and the family, whatever. Like as I always say, it's one thing to do the best thing for your career, and it's another thing to get your bag. And and this is the opportunity for Fresneda to get both because by going to Sporting CP for a year or two, whatever, his agent and his family they know he's a going to a place that is perfect for his development. He's going to be an instant starter at Sporting CP, and it's going to be a higher level, in theory, of a team. And you go farther in Europe than Real Valladolid obviously ever will, instead of getting relegated from the league in the second division. Yeah. But also, again, in one or two years, that 9 mil plus 3 mil is going to be three times that. Minimum. Like All he has to do is play at the level he played at Valladolid. Just be that same player for another year or two. And now these clubs are going to come back for a 20 or 21-year-old, and they're going to be willing to pay... 40 or 35, whatever it may be, plus 35 plus 10 add-ons if you're Barcelona, right? And you need half of your half of the thing in add-ons. So Prisneda yeah. made the right move for him financially in the future. He bet on himself and his first development. And I think it's a good move for the kid. And like as much as Barcelona need him now, there is no guarantee of what he'll be. But if Barcelona are able to financially get, you know, if you really love him Prisneda that much, if Barcelona are able to save some money, it works out. And then I said, Hector Fort, the 17-year-old from the academy, that's supposed to be the next one for the right back. He might not work out. So again, if he doesn't work out in a year and a half's time, maybe you financially found yourself in a better spot. You go back to Sporting CP. You say, hey, Fresneda, do you still want to come to us? Because you didn't choose one of the other giants and you know Sporting CP is the next step. So I think to me, Barcelona are still, if anything, they're more in the race because they might be able to actually afford him when he's ready to make that next move. Is it frustrating that they have to spend 35 instead of nine? Yes, but you're spending 25 for Sporting CP to develop him and you didn't have to do it. You didn't have to sit through his mistakes because Sporting CP will. And that's what you're going to pay for. So it's like, that's how markets work. And I think to that point, Barcelona with the medium all and all the other ball day, whatever, like Barcelona do have a lot of young players that they're willing to let make mistakes, including again, Fermin Lopez, who came on late. I'd love to hear your thoughts on him. He comes on late for one and it was interesting to me that I know that Oscar Hernandez was not making the choices that was Xavi of but stuff <laughs> in that game right once firm once Ferran Torres came on in the 63rd and honestly won the game for Barcelona like it was mm-hmm. it was three two and Ferran Torres said hey I'm informed for once finally I, I don't know if it's a complete reclamation project I don't know if he's truly mm-hmm. back or the best he could be but Ferran Torres comes on and creates that 3-3 with his aggressive nature. It gets in the box, gets in good spots. And then, again, I said, Lamini Mall comes up big with Lewandowski for the 4-3. And then late on, I said, in the game, Barcelona, looking at their bench, they didn't have an experienced midfielder to put on to close this game out, right? They didn't have Arturo Vidal 
on the bench or Paulinho or just again one of these one of these guys who's just going to tackle their way to the finale to the final whistle. No, it's Fermi Lopez, who the very next day, that being today, gets a four-year contract with a four hundred million euro release clause. If you had told me last year, even twelve months ago, that Fermi Lopez, who they were shipping off to Linares because he wasn't good enough for the third division for Barça Athletic, and you told me that he was going to come back, win a spot in the first team, and sign a new four-year contract for the four hundred million release release clause, like if there's one thing, Frances Tomas, that we have learned in six years <laughs> is that things change so quickly. The only thing that we know is that Barça don't have money. That's the only thing that we know. <laughs> That's not going to change in the foreseeable. Even in Neymar was sold, and then Barcelona had way too much money. And then for years since, Barcelona have had no money. I get it. But again, the Fermin Lopez thing, it's just on individual players, things change so, so fast. And he's another great example of it. Yeah, they do. And uh, the thing that I'm really excited about, and I have been excited for the last year and a half, uh, basically since Xavi started, I have to say, it's not necessarily because Xavi started, but I think that Xavi has bought into this idea that if you deserve to be playing, it doesn't quite matter how old you are and uh, he will give you the chance. Linares is obviously not the, the mega of football. I think that's quite clear. But it is, com- it is a competitive uh, place to be if you're so much younger than anybody else and you're, and you're learning your trade. So yeah. I am, I'm really happy that all of this is happening. I think for me, I think he's got a good touch. I think that he's intelligent. I think that he has desparpajo, which is in English, it would be like, um, he's very courageous to explore the gaps. And uh, I see, I think that he's got a, a really good future. As to what you said about controlling the game at the end, I think that the most controlling midfield that we had in that game, and we've seen all season would have been Gundogan, but the game to me didn't suit him as such because he's more, he's more someone that uh, in my opinion, thrives when the game is more controlled. And as we've already mentioned as well, so I, I won't spend too long on this. Having Pedri alongside makes everyone better. And that's already the case with Gundogan as well. Yeah, I mean, it's fortunate. Araujo and Pedri with the international break coming up. So they are not missing as many games as you, as you would. And just on the Ferran Torres point, I mean, for Xavi, I think, not say he has a new problem, but the, the current form of Ferran Torres does bring up questions. And I would actually throw things over to the Brazil too. The current former Vitor Roque, who is now flirting with the record. I, I think he's one goal away from tying Gabriel Jesus for most mm-hmm. goals scored by teenagers in the Brazilian league, which we know like teenagers do play in the Brazilian league. So to be so close to that record, like when they originally were linked to Vitor Roque, I say, I said, Oh, I mean, Barcelona are really in on one Brazilian player, but his goal scoring since that moment, like some players will when they sign that big contract, but this kid cannot stop scoring. Mm-hmm. And I know it's going to take some adaptation, maybe, but also it might not. Like he, I know he's 18. He might not know any better too. He might come in January and every time he sees the field in 10, 15 minutes off the bench, he's, he puts a goal in. And so Xavi might have a problem come even January where his starters, and I think you lock them in, Lewandowski and Rafinha, they're paid to and their responsibility is to be the starters for FC Barcelona in the biggest matches. But what does Xavi do if, as I said, you have Lamine Mall there on the right wing? Baron Torres is playing in that, like, kind of that pseudo secondary striker thing that doesn't really exist by coming off the bench. Because again, the formation changes quite a bit when all the attackers jump on. Because again, Xavi's also starting four midfielders. So when you have four midfielders, one of those four midfielders comes off and then they transition to a 4 3 3 almost mm-hmm. regardless of the score. 
So you have Ferran Torres right now in really good form. You have Lamine Yamal breaking himself in. And in January, you might have Vita Roque, who's ready to go. But again, you have Lewandowski and Rafinha are your guaranteed starters. I think yeah. there is definitely a problem potentially on the horizon for Xavi. What I don't know is, Frances, is that a good problem to have or is that a bad problem? Because it, it, it feels like there are ways for that all to go very sour very quickly. Well, I, I don't want to be the <laughs> one putting a downer, but it is likely one of those will get injured at some point. The seasons are very long and, sure. uh, you know, we go back to the amount of games that these people play, uh, not just for Barca, but for the national teams. And then you've got in, uh, say, Vitor Roque joins us, which, you know, hopefully will be the case. Transatlantic trips, um, all of these extra media stuff they need to do on a daily or weekly basis. So it is likely that if it's not physically, it will be mentally, these players will get tired. And, uh, you know, you cannot be at your peak the whole time. I think that there's, there could be fair criticism of even Lewandowski at some stages throughout last season and even this season already. So I think that obviously it's a great problem to have when you've got so many uh, players that are ready to start and uh, we're lucky to have it. On the Ferran Torres point, I'm seeing glimpses of the Ferran Torres, not necessarily the skill because he's obviously improved, but the, the spark he used to have at Valencia before he signed for, for Manchester City. I think that fire, that way of celebrating the goals and the, the way that, as opposed to, let's say, beginning of last season, every time he missed a goal, he looked really down and he was like hitting the floor and you could see he was frustrated and that got just worse as the season progressed. I don't see any of that anymore. I do know that his entourage, his personal life has changed. I'm pretty sure that most people listening will know that. And uh, I think he's in a really good spot right now. And I'm excited to see what happens with uh, attacking three, eventually four, depending on the formation moving forward. Yeah, I mean, listen, we, we follow the NBA. And so the mm -hmm. example, like that, the player Ben Simmons played for 76 for a long time, right? Every offseason, you see video of him shooting jump shots. Yeah. And we all know we've learned our lesson. That's not a real thing. <laughs> and so, as I always say, the NBA in particular, they all the, the one he made, right? Well, I was going to say, everybody wants to, everybody <laughs> on the offseason, of course, is grinding, is working, is adding something to their game and is improving yeah, and yeah. all that stuff. And that is true for some people, but it's not true for everybody. But I will say and agree with you that the propaganda about the changes that Ferran Torres made professionally to focus on his career in the way that he did, especially mm -hmm. said with the mental aspect of it, like the, the work he put in on, on reevaluating how he sees himself on the field and what he can control working with a sports psychologist, like an individual sports psychologist, and really being dedicated to that, this is an example where I know we need a bigger sample size. You were only mm -hmm. a few games in preseason and the first. So really, when you say, oh, who is Ferran Torres? And if I'm going to really go all in and say he's really revived himself, honestly, it's going to take to what? The end of October, November? Like, I'm going to need 15, 20 games, like a half, a, almost a half a season sample size mm -hmm. to really feel like he's not to say even back, but this is a version that we haven't seen of him. But again, what I am willing to do at least is to buy into the propaganda that he did the work and this might be a real thing. Like I want to open my mind up to the idea that he did make the changes necessary. Yeah. Um, also, something that you touched on as well, I think it can bring us full circle to the beginning of the show because the mental aspect is something that we didn't mention, but that's why these youngsters are breaking through at the stage that they are. They don't really feel the pressure. They, they were playing against virtually unknown kids like they were two years ago. 
and they are sort of erupting into the scene and they're just having fun. They don't have any pressure. There's no expectation on their shoulders. The expectation, in fact, is that they won't do very well. So I think that definitely adds to that, um, to that spark, to, that, to those ways, to those impossible dribbles, to those, I'm just going to go at this defender and let's see what happens attitude that we're enjoying so much these days. Yeah, and I think big picture-wise, I think you're right about the expectations. Like if, if Barcelona fail to make the quarterfinals of the Champions League or get beyond the group stage, it's not Lamini Mall's fault. It's Robert Lewandowski's fault. And the squad is built so that if you're going to blame people, you're going to blame the adults in the room. It's, mm-hmm. it's Frankie de Young's fault that they don't make the quarterfinals. And it's kind of less Gabi's fault. Like I know he's like been in his third year, but it's, it's not the 20-year-old or the 19-year-old's fault that they're not in the quarterfinals. It's Frankie de Young's fault. So speaking of fault and blame, with threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Only bad news we have of the show, and then it's, it's, it's time to say thank you and all those things at the end for 500. But here's what's happening at the moment. Rubiales, they were talking about the FA, of course. No, Rubiales, mom, yeah, Rubiales' mom has locked herself in a church on a hunger strike because she doesn't want her son to get oh, fired. The FA's secretary asked UEFA to suspend them because the government got involved. Can, can I just jump in? We have, I know you have spoken about Spain's greatness in the World Cup. That, that's the feminine, uh, the, the, the ladies. Mm-hmm. We've spoken about that at length. Like, I don't understand. I know we have to talk about it because it's current, but I don't understand how the Spanish media has been hammered, Spanish and beyond, because I obviously read different outlets, uh, UK, US, etc. The focus should not be on someone doing something so stupid. The focus should be on the way that these girls have changed the world of football, certainly within Spain, but beyond. And to me, I don't know what your question was going to be, but I want to rant when so it's going to go for it. Yeah. I am so sad that the attention has gone away from something so huge, so significant that, let's face it, it may never happen again. And we're talking about a moron that can behave himself. It's, it's, to me, it's just mind-blowing. Yeah, 100%. But I, I think at least today, it seems like Jorge Vilda, the, the manager, is stepping down. And I think that's the whole point, that the celebration will come when justice is served like and that justice is going to be like even the local fa presidents have all said hey get this guy out like there is there i know it's i keep keep interrupting we've done 500 shows i'm really sorry why is he taking so long why did why did he resign three days ago like seriously it's not like he's got new evidence that just happened today three days ago he was there clapping when he was doing his absurd apologies um presentation, media, well, apologies, he, he thought they were, and he was there front row clapping. Why? Because he'd been offered 
a renewal for a bigger salary just on that day. So then him following up the 80, because it's 80, 8-0 ladies who have resigned from the Spanish national team and then being the last and having like, what was it, 90 hours to think about it? It's too late, man. Well, what is her representative, uh, representation of? It's not just him because like, again, also yesterday, now he's threatening to leak compromising information about high-ranking political figures. Once you expose one, you, right, you can't just cut the head off. Like There are people that take the fall, and you'd hope that Rubiales would just take the fall and fall on the sword, but he's seemingly not going to do that. And so there are other really, really important people in, Spanish, in the Spanish world of politics and government that just they don't want to take a fall with him, and they're, and they're trying to force him out and kind of almost take this behind the scenes plea deal or whatever. I, yeah, I don't know how this ends. Like, I, I just know it seems like it's not done yet and there's still many more twists and turns, but I'm hoping, yeah, in next week, we can talk about how Ruby Alice is no more, but that's what I'd love I'm, to do. I'm, anyway. I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure we will, but at the same time, it's, if someone pulls the blanket from underneath, it's going to be full of not very nice stuff underneath. And, it's not. Yeah, um, yeah. And I, I, th- I think it's quite obvious that there's been a lot of corruption in, in Spain for many, many years. And I think football is just a continuation of that. And I'm happy that, not happy that it happened, but I'm happy that about the reaction seems to be quite unified. Most people were, you know, they, it's not jumping on the bandwagon, but they announced their opinions fairly quickly. Yeah. I have to say, I'm quite disappointed that the male football players took like three days to say something. I think Isco was the first one. I think Borja Iglesias just came after. And then when they saw the reaction from the people was okay, then they started saying, blah, blah, blah. It's too late. I'm quite disappointed about the whole thing. But if he's going to drive the slightest bit of change to not just football in Spain, and not just football for ladies in Spain, but the whole country and by extension the world and make the world a better place, then so be it. Let's, that would be a small positive. Yeah, I mean, about- the biggest compliment I can give the Spanish women's team is that it took them to win the World Cup to get rid of these figures they want to get rid of. And they did that. They were like, okay, if, if <laughs> the only way to get rid of these schmucks is to win it all, then we're going to win it all by hell yeah. or high water. I know they didn't, they, they didn't win the World Cup despite them, but I'm saying it's like they, they, their glory and their skill and talent transcended all of this. And yet yeah. those players basically won on their own accord. All right. We, so. we, should, we should be talking about Aitana's magic. We should be talking about the way she understands the game. We should be talking about yeah. how Salma is virtually unstoppable at, at her very young age as well. We should be talking about Olga and the, 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 the bravery that she had on that very difficult moment as a, as, as a family and the tragedy that struck on the very same day. We should be talking about the cohesiveness of, of defense. It's, like, it's just so frustrating that all of this has taken attention away from what really matters, which is a group of ladies representing Spain in the best way they could, making us all proud and achieving something no one else has done before. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I have no easy transition because this is the last part of the show. <laughs> Say thank you to everybody real quick. So as my first way of saying thank you, we're going to go from something super, super serious to the silliest thing that you could possibly do. So it took Yay. 500 episodes, but I finally put together some of the best silly moments and bloopers from the show's recording. Oh so how, much, this- how much longer do we have, Dan? <laughs> Is this episode another three hours? Because, I mean, you're, you're a professional, but I'm pretty bad. 
Well, I got two minutes for you, so here we go. Okay. Dan, what was I, why did I say that? Why did what you point say was that? I making? What was the question? About the Champions League. Right, okay. Okay, so now we're now recording the Zoom audio. Great. All right. Okay, so we might as well get started here in a hurry. Dan, breathe. Yeah, I know. I'm just frustrated. Yeah. About things unrelated to Barca. Now I have to get frustrated about things related to Barca. I wasn't even here <laughs> at the club. Okay. All right, you can, you can pretend to start happy and then decline, okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. In three, two. You know, I'm Ibrahimovic, sorry. Or Roman Abraham. then you're right i mean all the pain and all the drama and all that stuff is over but for you and i as barcelona supporters this is the perfect case scenario this is exactly what if 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 we just have not in the back of the club but if we're just wanting the best for fc barcelona on the field then barcelona are gonna are in a good spot because he's as you said there's no one like him in xavi's system if that's what you get out of him um Sorry, I, my, my puppy is going insane, smacking at his door. Give me one second here. Bobby, come here. Bobby. Yeah. Come on, let's go. It's the zoomies out. Go. Bye, have fun. See you later. Good life. Kevin's over. Okay, sorry. It's okay. She's just kamikazing her way into the door. <laughs> Sorry, she's hurling her 14-pound body into the door. <laughs> Thank God, that's all right. Okay, uh, all right, I was still finishing up that point um, about Dembele being, yeah, being the guy you want. Okay, yeah. Uh, I wrote down one and two to get to edit out. I think that's right, yeah. And the two were in the second half. So one in the first half and one and in the second half. Okay, great. All right. So I'll, I'll work on that and probably have this out tomorrow. And secondly, I want to thank everybody. I hope you enjoyed that. But from the bottom of my heart for being with us and then me for 500 episodes, especially starting with our guests. First, again, this is all of our guests, starting with Ewan McTair, episode 37. Sarah Salapur, Gabriel Quiroga, Muhammad Butt, Lee Roden, Mike Ozanian, Diana Christine, Isaiah Cambrone, Sergio Navarro, Kevin Williams, Noel Wanchard, Naveed Molagai, Adil, Johanna, Roy Nemer, Jason Pettigrove, Natasha Andanova, Tony Fourier, Musa Akangwa, Rick Sharma, Jason Davis, John Driscoll, Mike L. Goodman, Mike Miller, Victor Valencheck, Eric Vidal, Luis Mazariegos, Levon, aka Barcelona, of course, mm-hmm. Ahmad. Jonathan Wilson, Zach Lowy, Patrick of FCB Dublin, Christian of Garden State Blagrana, Robbie Dunn, Andy West, Alex Truica, Alex of Total Barca, Kevin Egan, Ryan Bailey, Diego Lorene, Sophie Serbini, Eric Coffin Gould, Jordy and Rob from NYC Pena, Jose Mar- Marataya, Luis Miguel Echegara, Will Haas, Chef Daniel Oliveira, Sam Marsden, Ronald DeBoer, Brenda Elzey, Rafa Aldamui and Julio, Armand, Chantal Reyes, Rory Barlow, Nick Berlani, Omar Awash, Emil Evanesian, Domogoy Kostainchuk, Sam Leverage, Mike Crimmins, Jake Fenner, Tony Juan Marti, Jamie Coles, Alan Fahili, Neil Gardner, Manuel Veth, Elliot Smith, Steve Kuzner, Steve from Milan Weekly Podcast, and Luca from Milan Guys, Richard Buxton, 
Roman from La Liga Lowdown, Dan Dormer, Oscar Marriott, Jared Lindsay, Jaleel A.K. The Purist, Barca Spaces, Ines Braga Sampaio, Dave Siegel, JDP, Adrian Belkowski, Tom Verdi, Mia Klein, Alex Dalmas, Amos Murphy, and Adam from Barca Breakdown. There are many times yeah. when listeners listen to just me alone rambling into the ether, but it was always <laughs> better with a friend of the pod. All right, almost done here. I also want to thank and again, give a special shout out to all of our patrons, both past and present, for truly being one of the major reasons why this show exists. Every contribution helped to keep the lights on, even throughout the many years of unfulfilled promises that we would always do more for the patrons. That just never happened. So, so many of you have graciously, even throughout, again, those many years of unfulfilled promises, as understanding as you have been about how spread thin I have, I have been for six mm-hmm. years, with all the content and the rest of life, you accepted that and you helped out anyway. And that has always been really, really appreciative. Again, like people have always given what they wanted or what they could. And whenever it was time to give less or, or to stop being a patron, I've always just appreciated those moments too, because it was just, you gave anything at the time you did. And again, this is a business and you know, nothing comes for free. So that's how it works. I, and speaking of that, I also want to thank Spreaker for helping us stay afloat in the early years. And then yeah. of course, Blue Wire, who have really been my partner for almost half of the show's existence and yeah. truly making sure that there are more shows to come. Going out to Las Vegas with Blue Wire uh, a few years ago and recording the show in the same studio that houses big-time podcasts with athletes and celebrities, it gave this show a sense of realness that was really a highlight of this whole experience, truly. And then, of course, just a few more here. I want to thank my wonderful wife for being so supportive throughout this entire process, more than the duration of our entire marriage. One of our first shows, I was in Barcelona with my little recorder and saying, okay, all right, let's make a show out of all this instead of being on my honeymoon. So, you know, whether also behind the scenes, she was making graphics back in the day or taking the pup while I record as she's doing right now has the puppy. You know, I cannot stress enough. This does not exist without her. And then lastly, and speaking of not existing without, this definitely would not exist without the constant support of you, the listeners, regardless of when you found us. I appreciate every single download. And I do strive every day not to take this platform for granted. You know, one of the reasons I continue to do this and one of the things I say to the people in my life, they go, oh, you're going to keep doing the show. My answer is always this. I look at how many people listen to the show and watch the show every week. And I say, that's too many to stop. There's, there's yeah. just, there's not say, there's basically not enough to afford to live on <laughs> and have this be my job. <laughs> but there's too many to say, to, to, to say, oh, I, I guess, you know, the things are dying down. There's just too many people to say, you know, I can't do this anymore. So yeah. I do try to imagine all the individual people who have listened to the show in the six years mm-hmm. and knowing that over 500,000 separate people or more chose yeah. to put us in their year, their ears over the years is, is absolutely bananas to me. And again, I think of like how many people 500,000, I try to conceptualize that. And I go, what? That's like multiple, you know, American football stadiums. That's just so many yeah. people or actually the camp. No, right. That's, that's five camp knows have yeah. listened to us for six years. And that, that's just, that's so cool. And then finally, thank you, Frances for being oh, there at the very beginning, again, in the middle, and here again now to celebrate 500. So I truly don't know, if we're being honest, I, don't, I wouldn't expect 500 more out of me, but I sure as <laughs> hell enjoyed the ride up until now. So I'll give you the last word before we get to say our, our, our favorite phrase at the end, which oh. has been with us for 500 episodes. Well, let, me just start, let me just start with the listeners. I always picture, and, and to me, 
because I wasn't expecting to start a podcast that would last 500 episodes. And I wasn't expecting that you would carry through either. It was just a bit of an experiment. But um, what really shocked me, there's no other way to describe it, is that when we started doing the podcast, I think we had Libsyn doing the, the, the bag numbering and, and all of those stats. There's people in every... there. I still pay $5 a month for the oh, archive. That's <laughs> all the I'm, I'm happy I'm not involved with that bit anymore. But uh, <laughs> you've got like three people in Uganda listening. You've got 60 people in, let's say, India listening. You've got someone in Kuwait, one person in Kuwait listening. That's just magic. And we, we are doing this. You are definitely doing this uh, because you love it, because you love the club. And it's all sort of steaming from that passion. And, and to me... I always thought about this for myself. Like, obviously, to me, it's natural that I'm so passionate about the club in the city that I was born in. And uh, you're not going to choose Espanol, obviously, because let's face it, they're not as good as us. <laughs> and you will support the team that's constantly winning and uh, celebrating trophies. To me, it's natural. Um, is it natural that I started the Barca blog and then eventually the podcast? Not really, but you can see that out of passion that that can happen. But from someone from the States, from New York City, to, to, to have that, that loyalty to the club that in a way doesn't relate to anything linked to your upbringing, as far as I remember, that's just gold, you know? And uh, I want to say on behalf of all the listeners, because I'm a listener now as well, um, that we're incre incredibly grateful for what you do. I think the word that I'm looking for is service. Um, those... I think only you and I or people that do something similar know those 1 a.m. blog posts, those little um, five headline videos that you make, you finish working at 2 a.m. and you get up at 7 a.m. the next morning to do your, let's say, your proper job. That's not to do with the, the people that are listening alone. That's from within as well. And I think that it's all what you're achieving the 500 to me is the culmination of a service to our club, a service to our, our players, to our fans. And I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for keeping the podcast going and everything you will do in the future. I will be eternally grateful. You are fantastic and we are lucky to have you. Well, thanks, Francis. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that I would never expected that this would take such a big part of my life, but I mean, that's what happened. So, so passion has kind of been bred by, yeah, like just continuing to have to sign up every day. And that's what happens when you, when you realize how many hours you dedicate to something. And I said, I would not be able to do this if I did not truly love the club FC Barcelona, if I didn't truly love the sport. And if there wasn't for me a desperate need to be doing this, like for me to say, hey, this is what I want to do with my life. And mm -hmm. I get to do this with my life. And that's why I continue to strive to be better. That's why... Again, as, as again, we had 500, I would hope that even if there's a final hurrah, there's any bit more passion left in me that we use up at all, because I would say I also want to always, we started to get feedback from very first show, listener questions. Yes. I don't do those much anymore, but if you have listener feedback, if you send it to me on you know Apple iTunes, still all those reviews and Spotify, or you email mm -hmm. us, any feedback you want. And I, again, I thank you to even the little people behind the scenes as well, like to, to jump on the, the TikTok this year to help me out with that or to help me out with whatever it was, X, Y, Z. But yeah, I mean, again, shouts to Anise for taking over the TikTok for the last year now and helping me start that. And again, all the people that have always helped behind the scenes writing articles and things through the years on Barcelona. Mm -hmm. So anyway, 
that's it. That's enough. Thank you. So I guess I'll talk to you at 1,000, or maybe I won't. So as always, though, most importantly, the, the, the words that I've ended all 500 shows with, maybe sounds one. So until next time, as always, Forza Barca. Forza. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.